0: We need a priest, but not just any priest. Not a priest as you and I probably know it from the Catholic Church, but a priest even more so, a merciful high priest, as we'll see next. And again, welcome. This is Truth For Today. Pastor Phil Howard returns us to Hebrews chapter 7, where we see the need for a high priest and why that need is in existence and just exactly what the function of this merciful high priest is all about. It is vastly different than what you and I are used to understanding as far as priests are concerned. Join us for a very insightful and encouraging look at Hebrews chapter 7. With today's broadcast of truth for today now, Pastor Emeritus Phil Howard.
1: Let's look at this verse. He now, part of him being able to save you completely is tied to his present priestly ministry. Now, a priest, I get a sacrifice, I take it in to the Holy of Holies. If you're doing this once a year at Passover, I present this offering. I want you, God, to accept the offering. Do you accept? If you accept, I can go out and tell them your sins have been forgiven for another 360 days. The debt will be due next year at the 14th of the month. Only a year. I only get you off for 360 days at a time. And maybe the priest died that did that last year. We got a new priest going all through it again. Now. Christ has gone into heaven and he's acting as a priest. Wait just a moment. Wait. You can't be a priest without a sacrifice. The priest doesn't go in there. I plead for Israel on the basis of my character that you spare them. God says, well, I might as well kill you right now because you've you're, you got sin too. The one representing the people is full of weakness and sin, according to Hebrews 5. But Christ, what he did, he does this. He dies on Friday. He's resurrected on Easter. He goes to heaven, and he comes to the Holy of Holies, and it's like he lays down on the Ark of the Covenant, said, Father, here's the sacrifice, me, And from now on, when I pray for my people, I will pray for them and intercede on the basis of what I have done, not upon their merit. He never pleads, go easy on them because they didn't mean it. Go easy on them because they don't really have a fault. No, no, they're guilty. I didn't die because they were nice. I died because they were guilty. Guilty. And I'm pleading the merits of my death, not the merit of the one I represent. you got to get that straight. Because a lot of Christians, they're trying to get the merit. They're trying to get it all together. And we hope you stop robbing banks and, you know, doing some of the honorary things you did. Yeah, that'd be nice. You better. It's proof you've met him. But he pleads the merit of the sacrifice. What's the sacrifice? Himself. Once for all. He's not in the sacrifice business anymore. One for all time. But now his priestly ministry is tied to that sacrifice for you. So number one benefit. He is able to save you. And what did he say? He can save you completely or to the uttermost. Now, that uttermost, we used to say that meant to the guttermost. Well, he saves if you're in the gutter, but he saves you also if you own the bank. So what does uttermost mean? It has two ideas originally in the Greek language. It could be temporally taken to be, he'll save you as long as time shall last. It, it, that is, it has a temporal significance. Uh, forever would be the translation. But there's another use of the word, and it's a kind of adjectival quality. He saves you thoroughly and completely. Did you know you were a mess when God found you? And you needed to be saved in three ways. You needed to be delivered from the divine penalty of God for your sins. So he's got to figure out that. How can I get them off? How can the penalty be taken care of? Then, once the penalty, once we get out of the courtroom and we've settled up with justice, now I'm back on the beat. We beat that, but I need the power not to do any more of the wrong deeds. Where do I get the power to no longer act like a sinner? Where do sinners get saved from acting like sinners? He has to save me in that way, too. And that's why he spends a lifetime weaning us from our sins in our behavior. How are you doing? How's your mouth? How's your morals? How are you doing on your temper? What are you doing with your eyes? Can you look on a woman without lusting after her? How are you doing on greed? Can you, have, can you give money or do you just hoard it? How are you doing? How's God saving you in this area? He'll, he'll chisel on you, he'll chisel on you. And maybe some some of you, the last thing you'd do in this life is give an offering. Then he'll take you home. So see there, I knew I could teach you to give. You just drop it in the plate, boom, gone. They learned that. I see some of you right now grabbing your heart. Don't, don't, don't save my money. Save my wallet, Lord. And then, uh, you live old enough, you're going to feel aches and pains and mortality. Uh, And you're going to think, am I going to be stuck being saved in this frame that's got all these pains and aches and things are slowing down? He said, oh, no, I've got to save you from a body that's been touched by sin. And at the fall, everything begins to decay and deteriorate because you're living out on one hand the death sentence I put on the Adamic race. You're dying. You're dying. But I'm going to even the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. And I'm going to destroy death, and I'm going to give you a brand new body. So I'm going to save you in three phases, but I can save you completely. Based upon my crossword and my intercession. Saved completely. Hmm. And he goes on. What else does he say here? Uh, he's able to save to the uttermost everybody in the world. Does he say that? Who does he save? Uh, ah, those who draw near to God. Now watch this. How do you get near to God? To him, see, you don't just go bouncing into. You got to go through a mediator. You got to go through a priest. You can get near God if you come through Jesus. You cannot get near to God without Jesus, or He will, as it were, you'll be destroyed. This, you remember, when Moses got the uh, uh, law on Mount Sinai, they had to rope off the mountain so the people would not be consumed. When God is manifesting his holiness, unholy people don't have a chance. But you, as an unholy sinner, can approach God through Jesus. I love what Job said in Job's 9. He said, Who could ever be justified in your sight? He begins the chapter that way. And at the end, he said, Oh, I would, I would that I had an arbiter. That could lay his hands on me, and lay his hands on God at the same time, and bring us together. But I don't have any such arbiter. That was before Jesus came. Now we've got the arbiter. Lays his hand on us and lays his hand on God. He's the bridge. He said, "You can get to God through me. Come through me, and you won't be consumed. You won't. You won't be fried." You won't be sentenced to hell. You can come. And, uh, I, uh, Jesus said, I call you father. Yes, you may. Jesus said, you forgave me. Is that right? Yeah. What did I do to merit it? Was it that last offering? Not with your giving record. It's his record. It's your middleman that gained you access. You can talk to me. Don't be afraid. Don't be scared. Be bold. If you can't, if Jesus was the passcode you used to get to me, you're on good ground. If you come to God, you must come through the Son. You can't get to him through Allah. You can't get to him through Muhammad. You can't get to him through Buddha. You can't get to him through penance. You can't get to him through this church. You can't get to him through money. You can't get to him any other. There's only one way you can get to God, and it's through the Son. That's Christianity. That's the offense. Christ alone. Now watch. He says this. He's able to save you. If you draw nigh, since he always lives to make intercession for them, intercession is to beseech a favor for someone, to ask a favor. Uh, if you went to court, it's to represent you in court, to have an advocate, a uh, somebody uh, that will plead. Don't judge them. Don't penalize them. Intercede for them. Now, uh, what is there about you that would cause Jesus to intercede? Well, look at chapter 2. Chapter 2, verse 17. Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God 16 says surely it's not angels that he helps but he helps the offspring of Abraham notice 18 for because he himself has suffered when tempted he is able to help those who are being tempted anybody here been tempted in the last 7 days to sin are you kidding are you kidding Boy, my wife cleaned my clock this week. <laughs> Confession's good for the soul. It's hard on the reputation. Um, went to a restaurant. They put me where I didn't want to sit. She'd already gone ahead. I got in there in the shadows. I don't like to sit in the shadows. Thanks for the light, guys. I don't like to preach in the dark. I don't care about ambiance. I want to see their face. Uh, And so I said, I was trying to carry on, I don't want to sit. I want, uh, okay. Very godly cause. And then there was something else that I, and she said something like this. I would sure like to see the fruit of the spirit in you when we go to a restaurant. I said, honey, come here. Not really. I'm telling you, I thought, here, old man of God, you're letting where you sit in the restaurant make you act like an ass. None of you do that. You're above it. Your driving, t- says, I love Jesus, <laughs> and I will never cut you off. None of you have temper problems. I do. I had to quit sports. I do it as long as you couldn't win. If you won, I quit or I get angry. My brother David could beat me at every game. I learned to nearly hate him. Isn't that that big? I can't tell you the pediddly stuff I got to deal with in me. Just me. I don't need a playboy to sin. I'm the playboy, me. I don't need anything. Just put me in a room for about 30 minutes by myself and I can figure out something to sin about. <laughs> think of bad thought, think of this, think of... He's interceding all the time for me and for you. Because, see, there's everything in you to keep you out of the presence of God. Why do you thank God wants you near him? With all that garbage you got in your own heart that your own wife can't stand about you. And by the way, honey, he can't stand some things about you. I can't go into that now. It's too heavy. It's deep. And she'll buy this tape. I don't want to say anything that may hurt my love life. What's left? Um, and so uh, wow, this is getting—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm off the text. I got to get back here. Whoa, Ron Hughes is in the front. He's cooking me right there. He intercedes for our weakness, and where I'm not weak, I have an enemy that can throw me to the mat in a minute. In a minute, Peter you profess with the loudest voice that out of all my disciples, you'll be the most loyal. And I want to tell you, before the night's over, you're going to deny me. And Satan is requested to sift you as wheat. But I've asked God, and I'm interceding for you. Can you imagine? I'm praying for you as I'm going to the cross that God will forgive you for selling me out. And when you're converted, go strengthen your brothers. And so he wrote, a little book called First Peter 5, 8. Beware of your adversary, the devil, who goes about as a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Did you know what? The devil wants to have you for lunch today. He wants to destroy your testimony, your home, your marriage, your children. He hates you because you love God. And he's out to trip you up. And Jesus says, I'm praying for you. I'm interceding for you. If he was to succeed with everything he plans to do to you, he plans to kill you. He said that in John 10, the wolf comes to kill and to destroy, but I am the shepherd that delivers you from the wolf. Christ is interceding for you constantly, continually, continually thwarting the plans of the enemy to kill you, destroy you, or to bring moral failure some kinds of failure that will table you forever. You remember what he said in John 17? I pray for you men. I'm praying to the Father that he will not take you out of the world, but that he'll keep you in the world, even if it's the Bay Area. I pray, Father, that you take them not from the world, but that you keep them in the world and that you keep them from the evil one, the devil. Resist him and he will flee from you. I'm interceding for you constantly. Listen to the song we sing every once in a while. It goes this way. Before the throne of God above, I have a strong and perfect plea, a great high priest whose name is love. Whoever lives and pleads for me, my name is graven on his hands. My name is written on his heart. I know that while in heaven he stands, no tongue can bid me thence depart. No tongue can bid me thence depart. Uh, you are being saved presently, not just on the cross work alone, but Christ is pleading what he did on Black Friday. He's pleading that work for you daily, and it's the only reason we haven't ruined the lives we're living. You don't know how many things Jesus has kept out of your life because of his intercession. I love what John Newton wrote. When he said, through many dangers, toils and snares, I have already come. Tis grace that led me thus far, and grace will lead me home. I can look back in my life. I see where I was being set up. I see where a compromise was coming. I remember when a woman tried to bring me down. I remember when this was planted. I didn't know it going in, but as I escaped by the grace of God, I looked back. You were trying to seduce me. You were trying to get me to cheat. You were trying to get me to lie. Oh, I said, how did I escape? I wasn't smart enough to know the trap as a young man coming up. But I look back through many dangers, toils, and snares you've already brought me. Who Who got me through? Oh, I was the purest, the best, the most untemptable. Oh, no, my high priest. My high priest, he asked. He protected. He guided. You need a high priest. And you know what? Listen, Jesus isn't begging the Father to put up with you. Please, 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 Lord. No, 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 no. He said, my death, remember, Father, I'm laying on the altar. There's the plea. He's not a beggar to the Father. No begging in heaven. No begging. No, let's go see if we can talk God in. Oh, no, say, Father, I pay, paid for this fault in them. Did we not take care of it? They don't even have that discussion. The Father says, Matter of fact, when I sin, John says, I have an advocate. You mean you've got somebody that pleads for you when you sin? I thought you'd have somebody threaten you, not him. He says, Father, this is Calvary's explanation. Atonement's been made. Oh, I wish you knew it. I wish you believed it. And he goes on to say, the other priest had to offer continual sacrifices, but he made one once for all. The Levitical priest made nothing perfect. His sacrifice was perfect. I need a priest. I have one in Christ. I don't know about you. I must say this in closing. One of the most moving things to me is when somebody just stops me and they'll do this. You've had this happen. They'll say uh, Phil last week God put you on my heart. And I stopped and I prayed for you. Anybody ever do that? Or you get a card and encourage you. I was thinking of you today and I prayed for you. Have you ever got a card? Have you ever, have you ever been prompted to do that? I called Edwin yesterday. I was trying to do my message. Edwin's in New York. On a three-week job. And about one thirty yesterday when I was trying to do this message, God says, call him. Tell him you're praying for him. He couldn't answer the phone, so I prayed for him over the phone. You're not forgotten, Edwin. We're praying for you. I'm praying God to keep you. Keep Tilly and your daughters until you get home. I want you to know, son, we haven't forgotten what God's done for you. Stand true. Don't don't let anybody seduce you. Don't let anyone mess with you. Just keep pursuing Christ. I'll be looking forward to you coming home. Now, let me say this. If you read your Bibles, you'd find out Jesus daily sends you an encouragement card that says, I am praying for you. I am unceasingly making intercession for you lest you ruin your life any more than when I found you. I'm delivering you from one satanic plot after another, and you don't even know it. You just say it was a normal day, no problems, because you don't know how many wolves I knocked off before you got there. I'm praying for you. There's a favorite song. He's ever interceding to the Father for His own. Through Him you can reach the Father. Come boldly to the throne.
0: And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Our time today spent in God's Word to encourage you, to bring you truth for today. If you have questions or comments about our time together, we would invite you to write to us. You can either visit our website and drop us an email, write to us via U.S. mail, or give us a call. Another way to reach out to us with your questions would be to simply record them on your voice memo app on your smartphone, and then email that audio to tftquestions at valleybible.org. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. Our website, truthfortodayradio.org. And if you're writing to us, the address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. If you have questions about the ministry of Truth For Today and how we are funded to air on this radio station, we would love to talk with you. We are listener-supported, quite simply, and no gift is too small, no gift is too large. Whether it's a one-time gift or a monthly gift, it all goes back into the radio ministry, ensuring that it airs on this radio station. So would you consider that as you reach out to us here at Truth For Today? One other note as we close out our time together today, if this broadcast and this ministry encourages you in your walk with Christ, and you happen to be looking for a church that does just that we would invite you to contact valleybible.org. Pastor Phil is Pastor Emeritus at Valley Bible Church in Hercules. And while he is no longer in the pulpit, we are still very much a part of this church body. And we would invite you to come and join us for worship. For more information, again, valleybible.org or call 855-833-9864. And then we invite you to come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.